Sup, y'all. You're listening to the Press On Sports Podcast. I'm Jack Vita. Today is going to be a really fun episode. So I had a two-part conversation or podcast episode, if you will, whatever you want to call it, with Rachel Gerhardt. In this episode, we talk a lot of football. We decided I decided I'm going to split this up into two separate podcasts because the first 40 minutes or so are all about the sports weekend, a lot, primarily a lot of football from the weekend and what's going on in sports. And the second half was a lot of Bachelorette, Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, stuff of that nature. I decided let's split this thing up Let's divide it up because obviously not everyone who's coming here is going to want to listen to The Bachelorette and sports. So I decided to split up into two podcasts. Here is the first part of my conversation with Rachel Gerhardt talking about what went on this past weekend in the world of sports. So this is someone who went to school with me and I mentioned has already joined me before. This is Rachel Gerhardt. Hey there. Great to be back. Great to have you here. I'm excited. We're talking about more than just reality TV, even though yeah. I can never talk enough about it. But yes, great weekend in sports. Lots of drama in paradise. You get to flex your muscles as a uh, sports talk personality. <laughs> um, muscles might be looking a little weak after you know not spending too much time on the television this weekend, but I'm still confident in my knowledge, <laughs> so I'm hoping that is projected well. <laughs> Also, Rachel, let me tell you real quick before we jump into this, what's going to be coming up on the podcast uh, a little later this week. Are you ready for this? Let's hear it. All right. I'm going to be doing a podcast on the movie Like Mike, which I said the last time we (laughs) podcasted, but it's finally happening this week. Are you a fan of Like Mike? Of course. That's an OG. (laughs) That's a good one. So be fun to revisit that. And then next weekend, I'll be talking to a friend of mine from Carthage who you do not know. Uh, but <laughs> some of you, I have podcasted with him in the past. His name's Cody Bolin. He was an All-American volleyball player, and he's going to have a lot to say on football next weekend. Very exciting. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Rachel, where do we start with this weekend? Uh, big game, but some big games. Both of our teams went down. Honestly, it's pretty sad. I love most of the time people love to hear it when my team goes down. I'm a pretty obnoxious <laughs> Patriots fan, so anytime people get the chance to watch them lose and hate on them, they take advantage of that. Me in this case, I was a little frustrated with the score and what was going on, so I turned it off after the first half. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I did. I turned it off and then I just followed the rest of the game on my phone. I didn't want to watch it anymore. It's extremely frustrating. Not having as strong as an offense as we previously did last season, but I think it's a work in progress that they'll figure out hopefully soon once we get Julian Edelman back in a couple weeks and start to get the team gelling a little bit better again. Rachel, I have to stop you right there because I just got a notification on my phone about 30 seconds ago. Adam Schefter reports the Patriots are going to acquire Josh Gordon. Oh, God, get out of here. You just saw that? I didn't know that. <laughs> really? No, I didn't get a notification. What the heck? <laughs> I think it's because he's on my fantasy team. That's why. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, good for us. Let's rock and roll. Is this uh, Randy Moss 2.0? Oh, no, I don't think so. Randy Moss for me is like one of my all-time favorites. He's a maniac. Yeah, he was, uh, <laughs> some may say, the best receiver of all time. He's one of the best ever. And 
always did stuff in style. I, I like listening to him now as a commentator. He's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm pretty sure, I don't remember, I'm pretty sure it was this year's Hall of Fame class that he got inducted, right? Yeah, and there's a yep. video of him crying when he was informed. Very emotional, yep. Love that guy. Yeah, so one wild card receiver to the next. What do you expect to see out of Josh Gordon? I know you haven't had a whole lot of time to think about this, but I, I mean, think this could be a great pickup. Yeah, we need it, especially after just watching the performance from the weekend. It's it's like, yeah, sure, we have Rob Gronkowski who's doing work as a tight end, but we can't rely on that. We're We're hoping that Julian can come back strong when he gets that opportunity, but we won't know until that happens. We lost Danny Amendola, who was one of the top players on the team, and that kind of was a huge L for us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to fit in perfectly. I, I think that that's a huge, huge plus for the team, and uh, I'm hoping that him and Tom can get a good relationship going because it seems like Tom – Tom gels better with players that he has like an outside of the team relationship with. Um, and that always kind of reflects on the field. So I'm excited. I'm pumped that you just broke that news to me. Uh, <laughs> should be should be interesting to see how it adjusts. I'm glad I got to break that news to someone. Right. <laughs> Goodness. I think the upside to Josh Gordon is like we mentioned he's one of the most talented receivers this league has ever seen, at least over the last few years, I should say. Uh, he's He was a superstar. As I mentioned, he's a bit of a wild card. There's some questions about his sobriety. That was mm-hmm. a big-time concern. Um, so I'm rooting for him in that regard. I hope he stays healthy and takes good care of himself and makes better decisions and is able to keep playing in the league. I think he will. I kind of think that Bill has that like Belichick effect where do your job. Yes, he'll do his job. <laughs> he'll coach good players, and then he'll he tends to pick up some of those guys who don't have the best reputation or or kind of have those issues in society and in their personal life, and kind of helps you know snap them back into model citizens. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly, but just enough to be respected on and off the field. So. I don't know. I think that, like I said, he's got big shoes to fill. And I think being on a team with, you know, such a high status in the in the previous years, he hopefully will have a little bit more pressure on him to get himself in line and and stay in line. Yeah. So that's a big that's a big signing. Uh, They also recently added another Browns receiver over the weekend, I believe. Um, Did you you may not have an opinion on this, but they added Corey Coleman, who was a 2016 first round pick receiver Mm -hmm. from the Browns. I mean, it's hard for me because, you know, I I watch hard knocks. I know the way that the Browns are portrayed and I love Jarvis. I think that they it's just hard to tell that the quality. I know he was a first round pick. Obviously, he's one of the best from his class, but when you when you go from playing with a team like the Browns to playing with a team like the Patriots, it's a completely different dynamic in every way. So, it's exciting and like it's just going to be just like Josh Gordon. It's going to take a little bit of time for them to kind of get in the loop of everything and get the hang of the way of the Patriots way and uh I mean, it's exciting. Like I said, after the Super Bowl last year, there was a lot of sad losses. And this year, already, it seems like they're kind of trying to make up for those losses. So hopefully they can do that and start winning some games again because it's super frustrating to watch so much talent just get 
trampled by Jacksonville. Like, come on. Yeah, Two touchdowns a... in the first, like, ten minutes is completely embarrassing. It's funny because I, I know you said you saw the start of that game. I think I saw more of the – maybe I tuned in around the second quarter because that mm-hmm. Vikings game went pretty late. Yeah, that was that was the best game of the weekend by far. Yeah, that was a great game. I actually skipped the Steelers game. I'm a Steelers fan. For those who don't know, I skipped watching the Steelers game because I they performed about as well as I expected them to. That was like how I predicted the game to pretty much go. I don't think anyone could have predicted that Patrick Mahomes would play as terrific as he has these first couple games, but the Steelers are a little like the Patriots where both these teams, a lot of veterans, um, high high um, profile organizations, great reputations behind them. Um, you have the Steelers winning six Super Bowls, the only team to win six Super Bowls. Patriots have five. So obviously great reputations, but both teams have been a little slow coming out of the gate over the last few years. Yeah, I agree completely. And I'm in the position where, you know, if you're involved in fantasy football, you find yourself... Sometimes going out of your way to root for the other teams just because you got those guys on your fantasy team. I mean, I have I have Big Ben as my backup quarterback. He gave me 39 points this weekend in my PPR league. Wow. And Tom put up like 12. And I had Ben on the bench. And I'm just sitting there. After I'm already frustrated enough that the Patriots lost, I looked at it. I'm like, oh, great. If I would have just played Big Ben, that would have been a whole new game for me. I would have actually won this week. But nope, took an L. Antonio Brown, though, is one of my favorite players in the game this year. Um, And I love what he's been doing. I love who he is as a person. So I had no idea that that was your team, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah, no idea. Much respect. I I like them a lot. I kind of did just assume that. Yep. Yeah. I get that a lot. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Steelers, and you brought up Antonio Brown. You probably missed this while you were at work. Another Antonio Brown news story. Did you hear about this? Goodness, is it good or bad? Just tell me. No, I haven't heard it. Let's just say uh, here comes some more drama. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm sure that's all they need. All right, I, I need to pull up these tweets. Of course, it's on Twitter, so give me a second to do that. Is this in regard to somebody... Um, where he said he met, he like quote tweeted a tweet mentioning yes. like well trade me then something yeah. like that yep yeah that that won't happen so someone who only has a couple thousand followers who you, I think he used to be a Steelers PR person which is really weird that this is what he does now they tweeted AB needs to thank his lucky stars because he was drafted by a team that had Ben had Ben got AB paid you know darn well he wouldn't put out up those numbers for other teams and then AB quoted that tweet and said trade me let's find out yeah i don't blame i mean obviously there is a correlated success between Big Ben and Antonio Brown, but they're two completely different players who just so happen to kind of, they, they make, there's a word I'm looking for, but I can't think of it. They just make each other look even better because their chemistry is so well together. I mean, I just think it's a little bit unreal for somebody who used to work in PR to make a comment that Antonio Brown's success, success is completely dependent on, on Big Ben. Come on. I also don't know why he's giving this guy the attention. I don't know either. I mean, I'm sure if he used to be involved with the team, maybe there's like a personal relationship there, but yeah. it must have just really rubbed him the wrong way. I'm assuming that more people have kind of been chattering in his ear about it. Yeah, so that was odd. It's just like I'd like to go 
maybe two full weeks without any kind of Steelers social media drama. It seemed like we had taken care of the problem with Le'Veon Bell uh, <laughs> to yeah. some degree. And now here we go again. But this is pretty typical, in my opinion, of both the, the Patriots don't get this kind of drama, but the Steelers do. And both these teams, people are ready to write them off and say, oh, they're over the hill. Um, they're not. I'm just going to say that right now. So since you are a Steelers fan and this is kind of new to me, what's your whole take on the Le'Veon drama? (laughs) (laughs) So I think that, first of all, I want to say you can totally understand where Le'Veon Bell is coming from because he's been a workhorse back. He's had some games where he'll take 40 to 45 touches, either handoffs, pitches, screen passes, whatever. He, the offense runs through him and has for a few years now. So I understand why he's frustrated. He wants to get paid. But at the same time, the Steelers don't have the money to pay him. Mm -hmm. And Ben and Tom Brady, some of these star players, they understand that if you want to win a championship, you have to keep taking less money. Mm -hmm. Roethlisberger's restructured his contract like three or four times. And Le'Veon, I think he should just accept, okay, this is going to be my last year with the team. Let's go out in class. Let's try to win a championship. I'm going to put up a big year, and then I'm going to get paid next offseason. Instead, he's handled it horribly. Yes. Handled it pretty bad. I think it is. I mean, it does kind of come down to these quarterbacks, the the Big Bens, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers out there. If you really do want to have a good team, yeah, you're going to have to get your pay cut a little bit. Yeah, sure, Aaron Rodgers just got that fat, great contract, but... I was listening to an interview with him, and he just said, you know, I could have got paid way more, but I would love to have seen that money go somewhere else to another player on the team so we can, you know, strengthen up our offense, so we can get a better receiver. That's the kind of players that you need. You know, I don't know too much about Tom and his contracts because I know that he's got a great one as well, but Ben has 100%. He has altered the way that he gets paid to ensure that there's other guys on the team who are still making good money, who are still being appreciated through not only the fan base, but through their check at the end of the day. It's just frustrating. I mean, it's sad that it's to the point where, you know, that had to happen to Le'Veon, but the drama that was just stirred up as a result from that was kind of a bad look for the squad, I think. (laughs) Yeah, it was. And I want to say one more thing on the Steelers, and then we should definitely talk about these games. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and that's just that on the subject of an Antonio Brown or a Le'Veon Bell, here's the thing. The Steelers just draft really well. I agree. Yeah, they draft very, very well. So Antonio Brown's a sixth-round pick. Juju Smith, I always say Smith schuster <laughs> Juju. Juju Smith-Schuster, is he was a second- or third-round pick, and then... Le'Veon was a second-round pick. A lot of people I remember were saying, oh, they should have drafted Monte Ball from Wisconsin instead, which no. he was out of the league after two no. years. yeah. So I, I don't think you can question too much in terms of their personnel decisions. Now, but when it comes to drama and stuff like that, you could definitely question some of those things. Yeah, like I don't even know. When all that drama with Le'Veon kind of was sparked in the media a while back, whatever, last week, there were so many of his own teammates, his players, his friends that were giving him so much crap yeah. online and saying, you know, we come to practice every day, we work our butts off, and you're still getting paid three times more than us. Like, where are you at, bro? Where are you? And 
I think that a lot of that chemistry off the field comes down to having a good atmosphere in the locker room. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a Steelers fan, so I don't follow them too close, but it doesn't seem to me like they're having the best locker room chemistry if, you know, automatically when something goes wrong, boom, right away, let's all just get on Twitter and roast them for not showing up. But I'm not involved. I don't know all the intel, so I can't really give too much insight on it. I just think that having that chemistry in the locker room is important and it reflects on their gameplay. Yeah, and lastly on the Steelers, I will say one more thing that and the, the Patriots, too, uh, we've touched on, have also started a little slow in some regards over the last few years. Here's a stat that I dug up over the weekend. I tweeted it out. Since 2013, in weeks 1 through 9, the Steelers are 23-20-1. and one. Wow. And then, do you know what their record is after ten, week 10 or later in the season? Spill it. 30-8. and eight. Wow. So, they're a second-half team. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would argue almost the same thing with the Patriots. They started off, they started off their season last year losing. I know they lost their first game. I think they played against the Chiefs. I want to say they lost their first two games last season and then boom, ends up in a Super Bowl. Tom Brady is he he's the comeback king. I think that, you know, when it gets put in times of pressure, he's extremely well in in at getting himself out, but I don't know. Sometimes I get superstitious when I start talking like this before the season has already got really rolling because I'm going to be extremely disappointed if it's week four, week five, and we still only have one or two wins. So we're on the same page here. We don't, we're not ready to write off either of those teams. It's way too early in the season. Uh, Good, good. Okay. So that Patriots game was really weird. I think one thing we should talk about is how well Blake Bortles played. What the heck? It was almost frustrating to me. The Patriots literally made him look like a Super Bowl quality quarterback. <laughs> Two tutties in the first in the first like ten minutes. It was in the first quarter. They made him look fantastic. Tom looked terrible. Tom looked like he couldn't move in the pocket at all. It was just extremely frustrating. But yes, I mean he deserves every bit of credit that he's getting from the game. Blake really did play his butt off, but oh, it was just so frustrating to me. That's normally a team that we can spank, so Props to them, but I don't know how he did it. He just must have been extremely motivated playing at home against a team like the Pats. Yeah, and also we should mention Leonard Fournette was out, which I thought, how are they going to be able to move the ball at all? I thought for sure the Pats were going to kill him, as you had predicted. Uh, Not the case. Nice game for Blake Bortles. I agree. He really did play well. I can't be mad at them at all. And those fans should be extremely impressed and excited about the season that they have ahead. But definitely dug into my into my skin with that. I'm frustrated. And I hope that I, I don't know if you saw any of the sideline photos of Bill from over the weekend, but he was livid and getting emotion out of Bill Belichick <laughs> is extremely difficult. Like he, the guy normally just sits there stone cold. So it always happens with the Jaguars. I, it is. There's just something about them. I don't know. Last year, there was those uh, gifts made of him clapping all happy when they. Yep. <laughs> he was so giddy after they won. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's something about that team that brings out emotions. I don't know if it's because of Blake. I don't know. 
I would say is, that Jalen Ramsey is picking fights with people. I think that may have something well, to do yeah. with it. Yeah, absolutely. It did. <laughs> I mean, that team is, I don't know if I want to call them dirty, but they will hit you across the middle. And then I started seeing the Patriots because Bortles was really leading a lot of those guys on short routes. In the second mm-hmm. half, the Patriots were like, okay, we're just going to jack up any receiver that tries to come across the middle. And that made a big difference. Well, yeah, they had to. I mean, for me, the Jags are kind of, they're scrappers, you know? They're not the most technical team in the world. And and when they, they could get something done, it's more through just, like, your adrenaline rushing. It doesn't matter if you're hitting them right or if you're running the right route. As long as you get the job done at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how it's done. That's the kind of team they are where I feel like the Patriots are more technical and about everything that they do. So... I don't know. I like watching them play, but it was just frustrating to see it happen to my team over the weekend. Had it been, you know, the Jags playing someone else, I think I would have been a lot more excited for them. Yeah. It's kind of hard to right now. No, they're a team that, I mean, the Steelers lost them in the playoffs. I feel like if you're on the outside and you don't come across them, they're a lovable underdog to get behind. Absolutely. However, if they beat your team, they are easy to root against. Yep, I agree completely. Yeah. Because they're, they're a rough team. They they hit you hard. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, the biggest... I, I paid more attention to that Green Bay-Minnesota game than I even did the yeah. Patriots game, like I said, just because, ugh, so frustrating. But the biggest story in NFL that's kind of just taken me back the most was two ties in two weeks. And I'm pretty sure the stat was that has never happened. Two ties in the first two weeks of football since, like, 1971. Yeah, that's That crazy. was the last time. It's insane. Yeah, and the so the Steelers were responsible for one of those ties. This was a weird game. Yep. I know a lot of people are talking about the whole Clay Matthews thing. Do you want to talk about the ties first, or do you want to get into that? Because I have. Hey, I'm no preference. Do you think I got one thing on the ties? Do you think that they so they switched the overtime rules about eh, maybe like eight nine years ago? Mm-hmm. They shortened it to 10 minutes. They allowed it for two teams to get the ball unless the first team scores a touchdown. I think that now that overtime is 10 minutes, each team only gets like one possession. And if they each fail to score, that's the game. Exactly. I mean, I understand that in a lot of sports you can tie and you can end it like that. But I just think give them some extra time. Just uh, even another two minutes, like, my goodness, that could give another team some extra time to get a field goal, something, get some more points on the board. I just, it's, I think that it's too short and there's not enough opportunity unless, you know, you're throwing a Hail Marys and acting like superstars out there. Yeah, and a tie just is not satisfactory for the fans. No, absolutely not. Because you had, after that kicker for Minnesota, who I felt awful for, by the way, I felt so bad for that guy because he just got caught. And uh, uh, Yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, but it was his second career game. It, you got to feel for anyone who's pursuing their NFL dreams. They get so close, and they have a game like that, and you see the expression on their face when they miss a, their third kick of the day that could have won it. Oh, and, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, but... I know a lot of fans would have loved to see, okay, now let's see Green Bay get the ball. Let's see if they can score. Or is this just going to keep going? Like, this was a game that if it had gone for another 20 minutes, I know I would have been enjoying that. Absolutely. I mean, and I've got almost a little soft spot for kickers and punters because of soccer and everything. But at the end of the day, 
You got one job. You're sitting on the sideline for the whole game, kicking punts and kicking field goals into a net. Yeah. I don't know if it was just, I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of factors. I would rather, even if my team was playing, I wouldn't want to see a tie. I want to see an outcome. Exactly. That, that's There's nothing good that comes out of that. It's almost like at the end of the day, it's better for the teams to either take a win or a loss away from the game so you can go back in the locker room, you could talk about what you did right or what you did wrong, and then improve off of there. But when you end in a tie, it's kind of like, all right, so where did this go wrong? What did we do? Like It's almost worse than losing. It's like, come on, we yeah. were right there. Yeah. Inconclusive. Exactly. So... Let's talk about the big, I know this has been a huge subject of conversation in the preseason, the controversy of what's a, what's allowed for tackles, what isn't, roughing the passer. Ugh. So it sounds like you are not happy about that call on Clay Matthews. You know what? For me, the NFL is starting to turn into the no fun league. It's just like they're trying to put all of these precautionary measures in place to prevent concussions and all this you know they're changing it for cte protocol it frustrates me clay matthews has been a beast his entire career and i've always respected him but when when things like that happen it's just frustrating anytime they're making these annoying roughing the passer calls and and calling these ridiculous fouls for hits that two years ago or even last season would have been a clean hit it's just frustrating. I think that in the contract, when you sign a football contract, you should have a page of that contract saying you're liable for any sort of injury, concussion, future injury that is as a result of playing the game, and that's on you. Don't try to sue the league for it. Boom. Whoa. Have that in the contract. <laughs> Don't sue the league if you get hurt, and then stop changing the game. I feel like everybody's becoming so soft. It's almost unenjoyable. <laughs> wow. It sounds like you need to have your own podcast on this. Goodness, right? <laughs> um, what about you? What do you think about it? Well, I just thought, like, I think part of that was a product of what happened to Rodgers last year, that they want to protect these quarterbacks because you don't want to see a Rodgers out for the whole year. So earlier in the game, I believe his uh, Kendricks on the Vikings, he went low on Rodgers. Now, it was a little different, but he did. It was a similar play. They called roughing the passer on him because, obviously, you know Rodgers just hurt his knee. You don't want him getting hurt. They were protecting him. And now it was a similar hit Clay Matthews had on Kirk Cousins. And I Mm -hmm. think that at that point you have to call it both ways if you're going to call it one way. Exactly. So I know a lot of people are saying, oh, they got hosed or whatever. Look, Minnesota gifted you three missed field goals and you couldn't win on that. (sighs) Is that not enough? <laughs> Is that not enough? You still could have stopped them. I mean, you still had they still had to go down 70 more yards on the field and get a two-point conversion. You know, for me, the way I see it is I just try to put it in terms of my own team. If I saw one of my, my defensive players going out there and hammering a quarterback, I'm pumped. I'm gassed up. We did something right. I just don't think that <laughs> – I don't think that, one, it was called fairly both ways like it should have been. Two, you should have been watching your quarterback, man. And even when they got that hit on Aaron, all right, Green Bay, what's up, defense? Where are you? Why are you not protecting your quarterback? It's just, 
I don't know. I've got a, a weird stance towards it. I just think that people are getting too soft. That's the name of the game. You got to get hit and get back up and keep rolling. Okay. Well, if these are the rules, however, mm-hmm. you have to abide by them, especially in a big spot like this. And this is the second week in a row that Clay Matthews had a roughing the passer penalty that extended the game. Did you see last week? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I think it's, it's just a- funny that's the same guy who did the same thing. Oh, well, geez, can you give the guy any so- – I mean, I <laughs> he had all preseason to, to adjust to this new rule and everything, but the dude's been in the league like a, a decade basically, you know? And now all of a sudden they're changing these rules and he's trying to – to control the way that he's hitting when he's got his adrenaline all boost up and he's used to hitting one way and now he's got to adjust how he hits in a different way. And I don't know. I kind of feel for the guy, but I agree. That's the way that the rule is now. And if that's the way that they're going to have to change the rules and then that's the way that they're going to have to play, you got to adjust or else your team's going to get the short end of the stick from it. Yeah. And I think we can agree that neither Clay Matthews or the ref was the go to the game here. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So let's talk about how about let's talk about Kirk Cousins a little bit. He was awesome yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Are you a so you don't like Minnesota? What what are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins? You like Kirk Cousins? I, I guess he's decent. <laughs> he's all right. Um, I know. I mean, I think that the atmosphere, like the Viking Stadium, is cool, and I think that they've got diehard fans. They used to have a guy named Toby Gearhart who used to play for yeah. them. I liked that. Could have got a nice Gearhart jersey, but Kirk Cousins is basically, for me at least, he's probably the only good part of that team, just because I got a respect for him. But I really like Kirk Cousins as a player and as a person. Uh, yeah. He and I are both big Switchfoot fans, so I think we get along well. Yeah, you guys would be friends in real life. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but I do think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's top 10. I know a lot of people were questioning, hey, he got overpaid. There were a lot of people who were saying he's overrated. Yeah, I heard man. a lot of sports talk going in the week. He can't win the big game. Well, he didn't win this game, but he didn't quite lose it either. He outperformed a crippled Aaron Rodgers or, I don't know, I don't know if I should say crippled, but a banged up. Not 100%. Up, yeah. yeah. Banged up, not at his best. He outperformed him. He threw for 420 yards. He let it come back. And then they got the two-point conversion, and he threw a beautiful deep ball to Stephon Diggs. That was a beauty. Well, yeah, the guy's a beast, and he clearly can play in clutch situations. They were down at half, majority of the game, come back, played a great game the rest of the game. The guy's a clutch quarterback. That's respectful playing against Aaron Rodgers and having the pressure of that on your shoulders. On that's the road. Exactly. I mean, I'm impressed with him. I am. Any team that can make even a little comeback like that and end it the way that they did at the end of the day sucks to be the kicker, but they played well. They did. Yeah. They were my Super Bowl pick. For this year? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Goodness gracious. You're going to have to get used to it. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be seeing a lot of those tweets and... Hearing on these podcasts how much you're pulling for them <laughs> makes me um, sick. <laughs> I think Kirk earned his money in these first two weeks. He's had two two weeks in a row, over 300 yards passing. I think he may have actually hit 400 last week, too. So he's been great. He's proved to be an asset. That was a good pick for them. Uh, let's see about some of these other games. So that was definitely... A great game with an unsatisfying ending. I know that it's definitely inconclusive. They have a lot of unfinished business moving forward, these two teams. Yeah, 100%. And I think that you're going to see a lot of difference in the way that they move forward in the following weeks. And 
making small adjustments here and there to ensure that that kind of stuff doesn't happen again. But they played well. They they showed that they're worth the hype, I guess. Uh, let's talk about a team that I was also very high on in the NFC North, the Detroit Lions. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I For me, they're just terrible. <laughs> Well, tell me, tell me about your your look, your outlook on them. What do you think about the Lions? Well, I was very high on them coming in uh, because I thought they'd improve their running game, and they have a little bit this past week. Uh, however, they're zero and two. They have the Patriots next week, so they're mm-hmm. in a tough spot. If they go zero and three, it's going to be tough to get out of this hole. They haven't had. I mean, this was a. This game against the Niners was a tough game. They covered the spread, lost by three. They were down 17 in the fourth quarter, came back, made a game. I, I, wow. really, I really like Matt Stafford. I think he's a great quarterback. Um, however, I think they've dug themselves in a hole, and they really hurt themselves with that Jets loss in week one. I was going to say, that was like the worst game of week one. <laughs> yeah, and that, that would have been, looking at the schedule, you'd think that would be the gimme. Exactly, I agree, and they that was... <laughs> It was hard. It was hard to watch. It was just a horrible game. I do like Matt Safford, though. He's really the only part of the Lions that you know. I think that he is an asset. I like him as a human off the field. Not like I know him personally <laughs> or anything, but um, when you watch him in interviews and the way that he he carries himself publicly and socially, I like him. But yeah, the it's hard to love a team that well. Bears fans can relate to. It's just hard to love a team that you really don't see any sort of like strong improvement. And you're right. If they if they continue on this track, they're really going to dig themselves into a hole that you can't get out of. It's kind of hard on the mental of the players trying to continue to play for a team that doesn't seem like they're they're there. They're almost there, but they're really not getting it yet. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. Yeah, and losing to the Niners is tough because I had both those teams as my two wild card teams. So that's a game that could really decide a wild card if they do bounce back. When you lose some of these games, that's really tough. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, I've got a lot of family relatives who are Lions fans in Michigan and I, I will never, talking football with them is so different than talking football with like you as a Steelers (laughs) fan. It's just, it's a whole different dynamic. I don't know. It's, that's just a very weird team for me. Very tortured fan base. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, shout out to the fans for still sticking behind their team, but something needs to change. All right. Do you have any other thoughts on any other games this weekend? Do you take note of anything? Anyone from your fantasy team do well? Um, my fantasy team did horrible this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, shining star was Big Ben, who I had on my bench, who shouldn't have been, but thirty-nine points. The guy's an animal. Yes. What about you? Any last-minute ones? Um, I I think one surprise. Now they haven't had a very rough schedule. The Dolphins are two and zero, and Tannehill's played pretty well. Hey, Danny Amendola. Yeah. Even though he's not a even though he's not a Patriot <laughs> anymore, I still respect the dude. He's on another team in your division. Exactly. I know he's not going to be the funnest dude to play against, but I respect what he's done. I like the Dolphins. <laughs> I mean, they also haven't really had the strongest team in years past, but if they can pull something out this year, I'd be totally behind it. I think that once we get to the point in our season where the Patriots are playing against them, I'm hoping that we'll have a little bit of a more established offense. <laughs> <laughs> I think because that would just be horrible for Danny to come in and completely spank us. 
Yeah. I mean, that'd be great for him. Horrible for oh, you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. Let me ask you real quick in baseball. Are you concerned about the Cubs? No. Hmm. Interesting. I am so impressed with Mr. Boat. I just love that dude. I love the Cubs as an organization. I mean, sure, there's times with the bullpen where it gets a little bit frustrating, but that is my one sports team, even more than the Patriots, that I really, I never am, like, afraid or I'm never nervous in situations where we're down a little bit, you know? I am so confident in their their comeback game. I'm so confident with the heart of the players on that team and the talent. I'm not worried. No, I think that they'll make it into into, uh, World Series. I think uh, you are one of a kind because most Cubs fans are panicking over everything because of the makeup of our DNA and the history of the team. Yep. I am concerned. What concerns you? Uh, The bats. The most runs they scored in a game this weekend, I think, was three against the Reds, who have really weak pitching staff. Yeah. I mean, I feel like sometimes they get themselves into these spots where even last season as well, you kind of see them fall in a little bit, like their gameplay, their hitting, whether it's their the, the bullpen not being strong enough or now we're in the spot where we're not hitting as good as we used to. I think that Joe Madden is so good at just like hitting the nails, hitting them where they're supposed to be, making slight changes, giving the guys a day off to go and recuperate. I think that they will figure it out. I think I have way too much faith in them, and I always have and probably always will. I'm not worried, though. And I know you always are hating on Schwab Dog, but oh. I've got so much faith in that dude and the power of that bat. <laughs> oh, I don't know how to respond to that. Called me out. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, see. The, the big thing, and I know a lot of people listen to the podcast, they hear me say all the time that I'm just not really into teams that strike out a lot and rely on the home run. I want I like teams that put the ball in play more, play better defense. I think the Cubs outfield defense uh, with some of these guys in there, I'm not crazy about. Um, I think you need Hayward in right. I think you need Elmore in center. Um, with some of these guys moved around, I'm not too crazy about that. And I think that the defense could really hurt them in a playoff game because every mistake is magnified times a thousand in a playoff series. Yeah, it's I com- I agree completely with that. It's extremely frustrated when you see Jay Hay, um, who is a Golden Glove, not in the position where he shines. Yeah, it's extremely frustrating. And we, you know, at the beginning of the season, we had a good swing of it: Elmore on center, Hayward in left field or in right field, and Schwarber out in left field. People aren't crazy about Schwarber in left field. Whatever. Well, I but, think if, if Elmore is playing center, it doesn't matter who's playing left because he can cover so much ground that you could stick anyone agreed. there. Yep. I just It's frustrating to watch them like moving Chris around and putting yeah. him out in the field sometimes. Just I don't know. That's just Joe being crazy Joe and trying to change the way of that lineup and seeing if there's a uh, more effective way to play and to save energy and give the players, you know, different chances at different opportunities, but it's frustrating to watch. It's frustrating <laughs> with the outcomes of the game, yeah. but you know, I'm, I'm not worried yet. 
All right. Even though well, I should be, I'm not worried yet, but big, that'll be to be determined. <laughs> big series starts tonight with the Diamondbacks. This is a tough one. They've been trending downward, but they're facing a great pitcher tonight in Patrick Corbin. And, I mean, this team is going to be hungry because they need these games. So this is going to be a great series. And the Cubs, I think the Cubs really need to play well here. Who are we pitching tonight? Uh, Hendricks. Okay. The Professor. I'm a big fan of Mr. Yeah, me Kyle. Too. So I, when we get in situations like this, I don't worry. I think that it kind of all starts. The, the momentum of the game kind of falls down to who you got on the mound. I feel very comfortable when Kyle's on the mound, so I'm feeling good about this one. I don't, I don't think, I don't know, maybe, maybe just the way that they've been playing and you know how how they've been slacking with their runs, maybe that'll kind of get in their head a little bit and they'll jump back into their normal gameplay. But <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. So that was the first part of my conversation with Rachel. We had a lot of fun talking about sports and what's going on. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to Press On Sports on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you will never miss an episode. You'll always be in the loop. And if you want to hear more of Rachel, she has been on, We, as I mentioned, she did some reality TV stuff. And coming up soon, you'll be able to listen to the podcast that we did on everything going on in Bachelor Nation. Yes. So go ahead, check that out. Subscribe to the podcast, if you will. Hit me up on Twitter. I have a new Twitter handle now. It's at TheJackVita. So you can hit me up on there. Tell me your thoughts on what we talked about this weekend. Do you think Josh Gordon is a good addition to the Patriots? Or is this going to be too much drama for a team that is not into that sort of drama. If you want to interact with me on there, you absolutely can. I love listening to feedback from what people think of the podcast and just having conversations over social media. So go ahead, give me a follow, give me a tweet, tell me what you think, hit me up. But for now, that's that's it for today's podcast. Thank you to Rachel. I'll see you guys coming up soon. Bring in the Dancing Lobsters. <laughs>